0: Welcome to the Reinvent Relevance podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mutzfeld, Director of Learning at Merfeld Career Management. Our show is about what we do to help people who wanna take charge of their careers. We call it Reinventing Relevance, embracing change to do your best work. Today's topic, how to communicate relevance to show you're the best candidate for the job or the promotion. Joining me today is Michelle Merritt, the Principal and Founder at feld Career management, Michelle, go ahead and take it away. Tell us a little bit about how persuasive communication and solving that persuasion puzzle is important for job seekers and job advancers.
1: Well, I think you hit it on the head, Jay when you said persuasive puzzle or persuasion puzzle. It feels that way sometimes you know trying to communicate our value, trying to communicate our relevance to a to our supervisors to our future employers, to our network as we're activating those key stakeholders in our job search can be really, really tough, especially when you feel like you've been kicked in the teeth. (laughs) You know, this is a time when many, many people are finding themselves in the job market, either by choice or by surprise. Mm -hmm. And so it can be really tough to communicate value. And I think the most important piece to that is starting to believe a little of your own press, right? And sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, but, you know, starting to really embrace what you've accomplished, take stock in those accomplishments. We talk about that a lot when we talk with clients about updating their resumes, you know, sitting down and taking credit for what you've done, what you've achieved, the roles you've had on a team, the teams you've led, the projects you've led, and be able to articulate how you have moved those forward. You know, so many people, especially the women listening, tend to say we, because they're not comfortable saying I. And there's a fine line there in communicating how you've led a team and the fact that you've been the person out front Versus taking full credit for something that you didn't do.
0: That's true. And you know, a lot of people, when they go into an interview, they expect that this interview is going to be led by the interviewer. And when in reality, interviews are often led by HR or management. And the unfortunate thing, HR knows pretty much what to ask, but they don't really know much about the position. So they frequently punt the ball to management. And if you know anything about management and the science of management, you know the Peter Principle, which is sometimes managers aren't necessarily the best people for the job. They're just competent. So they don't necessarily have the skill to do the interview well. That's not a reflection on their character. They just don't have that skill. They've not been trained in it. And it's not something that a lot of businesses promote. The interviewing skill, they're kind of blind. They're just going into this as much out of their element as you, the candidate, or in the case of a, a promotion, the employee, as much as you are. So taking that into consideration, I always advise people that you need to be persuasive because you have to communicate to be understood. You have to make sure that story is set. And Michelle, tell us a little about how coaching and how preparation is is important in communicating that relevance and having that story down pat. I know you talk about that a lot in interview prep.
1: We do. So we are continually prepping clients for their interviews. And we always talk about strategy over specifics, right? So it's important to have an interviewing strategy. We don't want to sound rehearsed. Part of communicating in a relevant fashion, in a persuasive fashion, as you've said, is really making sure that you communicate in a way that sets you apart in a way that has some authority and but is not rehearsed or overly practiced right so we always talk through what are the common questions you know you're an, you're asked to answer in an interview of course there's the dreaded tell me about yourself questions things like that but you want to prepare answers I personally encourage people to write down their answers, maybe make a couple bullet pointed notes to reflect on as you're answering the question. But you don't want to make it sound like, GJ, thanks for asking me question number three on my list. Let me read you the answer. But you also want to prepare for questions that you know are commonly asked in interviews based on your industry, your vertical, or your position. So, you know, do your research ahead of time to know what those questions might be, but then also be prepared to ask questions rather of the interviewer. As you say, a lot of times that first interviewer is HR and then you're going to the hiring manager. And depending on the, the individual that is in the interview, they may not be well-versed in the art of interviewing. So this is your opportunity to really guide that interview, don't take over because that's not appropriate in the interview. That's not persuasive communication. But that's by domineering. How, that's domineering, exactly. But how you guide the conversation with your answers can make a huge difference. Another thing that I know, Jay, you always encourage people to ask, and I think I do too early on in the conversation, find out what success looks like mm-hmm. to this person. You know, in a year from now, what do they see a successful candidate achieving and that will help the help you guide your answers and it will drive your answers to make sure that you answer the way that is important to the interviewer
0: exactly that value as a candidate or a promotion candidate or job candidate is dependent on the person perceiving it is true communication there's a sender and a receiver and the receiver is the one who decides whether you're a valuable candidate or not a relevant candidate in our parlance so i guess the one question i hate and i always bring up when i do interview coaching is what do you do when they say are you the best candidate for this job most human beings and most people in 2020 don't aren't necessarily wired to answer that question because we're taught to look at the facts, and the fact is, well, I don't know the other candidates. There could theoretically be somebody better than me. Look at it very concretely. But in an interview or a promotional sort of situation or review situation, you need to think more abstractly. You need to realize this isn't an A to B question. As you say, it's not a formula. It's not a script. Mm-hmm. There's no, this answer requires this, this question requires this answer. This is improv. This is theater. This is communicate and respond. And how you respond, you're right, 100%. It is based on what does success look like. So understanding what a successful candidate looks like not only makes you seem more astute, more aware of what's going on, you will also be able to show that, look, I understand more than just A plus B equals C. Mm-hmm. You, that you can think abstractly, which is so important today.
1: Right. And, you know, let's talk for a second, Jay, if we have time, about how it, how hard it can be to talk about why you're the best person when you found yourself in a surprise job search. Mm. Right. So you and I've both been through this. You have been in positions where you have made a big change in your career. So have I. It can be tough and um you know it really goes back to choosing to sometimes fake it till you make it yeah. and really projecting confidence and yeah. that for most people i would say 85% of our clients mm-hmm. ha- struggle with with this issue yeah. so that weird pit you get in your stomach when you think gosh i'm talking too much i'm being too boastful yeah. that weird uncomfortableness That is exactly the sweet spot. Learn to live in that sweet spot. Now, there are some people who need to dial it way back, right? But the vast majority of us need to get a little bit uncomfortable and then be willing to stay there to articulate those achievements and those accomplishments in a way that is persuasive because confidence, not arrogance, confidence really attracts people.
0: And that confidence comes from self-awareness and understanding your story, understanding your own personal value. Again, when you look into things like imposter syndrome and the Dunning-Kruger effect, uh, Dunning-Kruger, excuse me, effect, uh, you start to understand people are confidence is a real issue, uh, especially with rank-and-file employees. It's a, it's an issue in management, and trust me, I've known enough presidents and CEOs that are extremely insecure that security of knowing who you are, what you can do, what you can do for somebody else, and what you're trying to do, most importantly, and where it's all taking you, all the questions that we ask in our coaching model, those really help you feel that confidence, because it's confidence based in fact, and you're just being honest about who you are and what you can do. You're not making things up. That's that's frequently, I think, what people think of confidence they think of braggadocious or or arrogant as you say that that sort of false bravado mm-hmm. and we don't want that we want some honest plain facts we always stress at merfeld that we're a midwestern firm for a reason we, <laughs> we, we we're no I'm nonsense plain spoken down to earth proud of it because hard work is hard work and be honest to that more importantly be proud of it don't don't be boastful But be proud of what you've done, because being proud of your job and the work you've accomplished can really make the difference, not only in getting you the job, but in making the job worth doing. (laughs) Let's be honest. We all want to do meaningful, purposeful work. And you just have to really get in there and roll up your sleeves and feel good about that. And confidence can communicate that. And that can make the difference between you being the right candidate or the candidate who better luck next time. You don't want to be that person. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. And you know, I think find your biggest cheerleaders, right? Go through your, your past reviews, find the things that people said good about you focus on, we always say fix what's right with you Mm -hmm. focus on the good focus on what's right. Talk to your biggest fans at the office, talk to your biggest personal cheerleaders, get the pep talk and avoid the people who tend to bring you down that are high drama when you're getting ready to prepare for an interview or to network with people to improve your job situation. So, you know, avoid, if you can, um, high drama people and really focus on the people who are going to bring you up. If that's listening to good music, if that, whatever that is, find the things that put you in that good space, that confident take on the world sort of space and be able to, um, keep yourself in that mode as much as you can but that's also going to mean controlling your environment a little bit and not even a little bit it's a lot of controlling your environment for sure that's
0: true that's true do not put up with the drama triangle i would like to introduce everyone to this is dexie she's from our finance department <laughs> and she has come to join us today on the podcast yeah, and right. uh, and that's about all we have for today um uh, thanks Dexy for for taking us home there. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, is there any final thoughts you have?
1: No, I think I think we've covered it today, but you know, just as a reminder, be confident, be bold, be proud of what you've achieved, own those accomplishments and go out and make it happen.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I agree totally. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We do appreciate you stopping by and taking a listen to what we have to say. (laughs) As always, we will be back soon with another episode. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe, stay sane. Talk to you soon.